This is a Cherish podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Boudreau. I'll be taking you for an inside look behind the glamorous facade of the interior design industry. At a time when every aspect of the business, from sourcing to trends to marketing to dealing with clients, is undergoing rapid change. Few innovations have transformed the design world as quickly and as thoroughly as social media. In less than a decade, Pinterest has become an invaluable tool, and Instagram has revolutionized the way designers promote their work, sell product, and even find clients. Today, we're going to be discussing how to maximize the impact of social media and how designers make it work for their business, to find inspiration, and to keep abreast of new trends. I'm pleased to have two designers with me in New York who are not only majorly talented, but are also huge Instagram stars. I first want to welcome Alyssa Capito, who is known for her restrained but sumptuous apartments, lofts, and beach houses, where she mixes classic vintage pieces, subdued palettes, and luxurious textures. She also has more than 150,000 followers on Instagram. Welcome, Alyssa. Thanks for having me, Michael. You're welcome. The interiors that Kara Woodhouse creates are shot through with bold contemporary furnishings, rugs, and colorful accents, bringing a sense of fun and energy to family living. And she's a major social media influencer with more than 200,000 Instagram followers. Thanks for being here, Kara. Thanks for having me. And from San Francisco, I'm delighted to welcome my colleague, Skylar Frederick. Skylar is a social media manager at Cherish and has been working in social media for the past seven years. Since she joined the company three years ago, Cherish's Instagram following has more than tripled and now reaches more than 5 million users per month. I know that she will have invaluable insights into how any design business, big or small, can use social media to expand its audience and influence. Thanks for beaming in from Command Central, Skylar. Thanks for having me, Michael. A pleasure. You know, it's shocking to me how quickly Instagram in particular has transformed design. Because I remember when I first joined Instagram about six years ago, I was the editor of El Decor, and they said, well, you have to have an Instagram account. And I barely knew what that was. And we had a wonderful digital editor at that time, and she set up my account and, you know, told me how to use it. But at the end of it, I said, I really don't understand what am I supposed to be posting? And she said, oh, don't worry about it, Michael. Just post lots of pictures of pretty flowers, and you'll get a lot of followers. <laughs> and she wasn't wrong, but I think that it's, Instagram has evolved in a big, big way. So that's one of the things I want to talk to you all about today. And, Kara, why don't we start with you? Because I think you have been incredibly successful in getting your work out there. And I want to know how doing Instagram has transformed the way you do business and how it has changed the way people discover you and know about your work. Yes. So I have been in the industry for 23 years. and Which is shocking if you saw how beautiful Kara <laughs> is. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, it's so funny I would say 15 years ago when I had a big design firm, I had a business partner, we had a big firm in Soho, you know, it was all word of mouth. And that's the only way that I got clients or, you know, people knew about me, vendors was just purchasing. And now with this platform of Instagram, it's just skyrocketed my exposure beyond. And 
you know, again, my style has definitely evolved over the years. I started out in the industry doing very, very traditional designs where when people find out about that, they're shocked. I'm about shocked. (laughs) And definitely have evolved to more colorful, playful, experimental sometimes uh, designs now. And being able to put it out there and being recognized for it when, you know, it's just kind of, I've been doing my thing and evolving since the beginning of my career. So, so you also get encouragement from Instagram when you post things and people like 100%. it. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, that's, that's an, I think people undervalue it, that aspect of it, that you actually get reinforcement and encouragement as well. Definitely. Okay. 100%. I could call any vendor, even if I haven't even worked with them before, and they know who I am already. It's just, it's amazing. It's definitely, I, I feel very, like, humbled, like, to have all of this recognition for my work and what I do and uh, inspiring people and people, you know, starting out in the business, too, who are looking to get into design, and I'm always open to helping people in the beginning of their career as well. But um, it's such a change on so many levels from doing partnership deals. I'm doing now, you know, capsule collections. I get clients from it, amazing clients from it. There's just so many amazing things of Mm self-marketing. I first discovered the power of Instagram a few years ago when I was at Salone in Milan. Because I was going through looking at lots of new product and lots of wonderful things, and we were sort of deciding what we would put into El Decor. But there were tons of other things I thought were really good. So I Instagrammed. I said, that's what I'll Instagram things that aren't going to go in the magazine that I don't know that much about, but I think are great. And six weeks later, I was in L.A. at LCDQ, and this designer came up to me and said, oh, Michael, I love all the things you post on Instagram. (laughs) She said, I've actually ordered three things already for clients. Oh, my God. (laughs) And that was before we'd even edited what we were going to put into the magazine. And that's when I first thought, oh, my God, what is the future of magazines if this is already happening? And I think that's absolutely been the case. And the magazine world has had to adjust. And I think that how people find things and, you know, put their work out in the world is totally transformed. It used to be you'd wait to be found by an editor or whatever, and then you'd wait three months to be photographed, another three months to have the story run, or a year to have the story run. Now it's instantaneous. So, Alyssa, I wanted to ask you, you probably grew up with Instagram, so how young you are. <laughs> I'm not uh, that young. <laughs> <laughs> but has it been since you founded your firm, which was how many years ago? Not that many years ago that you founded it's your firm. It's about seven and a half years yeah. ago, eight years ago. So was it integral from the beginning for you? Yes, absolutely. Actually, um, a couple of years ago, uh, an article about how I started my business basically on Instagram, how Instagram created um, sort of the success of my business. And it's something that um, Instagram had come out about three years before we launched our business. But I think what was different about what we did was that we took it seriously, you Mm -hmm. know, and we saw it as a platform through which we can get our work out there considering I was so young and I wasn't going to get published yet because I just didn't have a voice yet in the industry. And so I took taking the pictures of our work very seriously, and it really paid off. It was, I guess, early enough, but I remember talking about how we were going to approach Instagram. And like, it wasn't going to be what we ate for lunch. It wasn't going to be uh, little tiny pretty pictures. It was going to be 
visually beautiful and it was going to be seriously about design. And I think that was sort of early on. It was definitely, it had a business outlook from when we began. And I think that was kind of different from what other people were doing at the time. Right. And you raised a very interesting point, which also came up in our podcast about PR, was the importance of having really high-quality visuals. Because mm-hmm. I think it, when you start out, you could just shoot pretty pictures or Absolutely. somebody send me. It was much more casual, but now it's much more of a professional thing. And that my, my feed, for example, gets I get a lot of ads. I get a lot of ads for um, Mother of the Bride dresses and things oh. like that. I don't know why with all this data <laughs> that's you, out what there. What are you Googling? I, I don't know. Uh, makeup things. Okay. Um, but clearly oh, it's much God. more professional. Now, Skylar... You know, you're doing this as a professional for a brand, a brand we love, Cherish. Um, But how is the approach different? I mean, clearly you saw this as a—you've been doing digital uh, social media, rather, for seven years. So you've really grown with it, with the field. But how does it go about, in terms of Cherish, what what is your task, so to speak, in terms of social media with Cherish? Sure. So for us, you know, we're looking at what our goals are, and I think— for a, a brand and a business that's selling a product different than design, the goals are a little bit different. So for us, we're really trying to constantly drive our Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest audience to Cherish.com. Right. So we're not just wanting our audience to live there on the social media platforms. We want them to then click over to the website So we need to make sure that our content is optimized for that, and we take advantage of Instagram stories to do that the most because if you're just looking at pictures in our Instagram feed, we share a lot of inspiration. We do share a lot of user-generated content that maybe does show product um, or talking about things like the print shop and encouraging our following to click over to the website. But it's a lot harder to get users to do that from an Instagram post because it is kind of a two-step process to then get to Cherish.com, having to click over to the bio and then click that link and go to the website. So we look at what our goals are in terms of getting people to the site, and we identified Instagram stories as an avenue where we could really do that in such an easy and direct way. And we've actually been able to significantly increase our traffic to the website. We actually see more than double the amount of traffic coming from Instagram stories than we would see on Facebook. So Instagram stories has become almost its own publishing platform. And we're constantly trying to figure out like what kinds of content is actually getting people to click over as well. Is it product? Is it editorial content? Is it those inspiring images that is bringing people uh, to the website then to shop? So we're looking at things a little bit outside of social. And for us, social is just one small component. But at the end of the day, we're actually trying to get people off of social and onto the website. So our goals and what we're looking at from content and from a content perspective is a little bit different. Okay, that's fascinating. I want to ask the designers here how – I'm going to get into the social aspect of social media in a minute, but first I want to ask about it as a tool, as a marketing tool or as even a discovery for product tool. So, Kara, one of the things you had told me when we last time we talked was about hashtags, which I was riveted by. Um, <laughs> so would you talk a little bit about how you use hashtags? Yeah, so – and it's so funny because the algorithms, these algorithms, yeah, you know, ever changing algorithms, yeah, and keeping on top of all of this. So I find it very useful for your 
for each photo that you tag up um, to hashtag appropriately to that photo because when people are searching for things, like myself, I sometimes am searching for, like once I I put in a hashtag uh, pink onyx and I wound up finding the most incredible carved pink onyx bathtub that was one of my biggest posts. And this was Uh like... It's incredible. Yeah, it was... Unbelievable. It was then like reposted. I can't tell you how many times, but I used a hashtag writing pink onyx, onyx bathtub. So these are ways that you actually search for specific things that people are looking for. If someone's renovating their house, you know, oak kitchen or kitchen cabinets, you -hmm. you could be very specific and it plugs you in. But now also with the algorithms – there are some of these hashtags you could see. There's multi-million, you know, hashtags, hashtag that. So now you have to become a little more creative. And it kind of brings you up more to the forefront when it doesn't have as many followers on that hashtag. So it's this constant, you know, keeping up on how you <laughs> use hashtags. So the hashtag is not only a way for people to discover your work, but also for you to discover things. like 100%. Your, okay. And Alyssa, you use it the same way. How do you find it? Funny enough, I don't use hashtags that often. Oh, see here. Okay, um, fine. Fascinating. So I guess it's a little bit different. I used to, but I feel like the trend has sort of gone away from that in terms of the way I run my Instagram account. It's just a little, I guess it's a little different. I don't use hashtags. So. so what do you do instead? <laughs> How do you keep your followers up? Because I know sometimes I'll check my Instagram account, and if I've lost, like, 100 followers, like, I'm, like, <laughs> wounded. You know, it's like, oh, my God, what have I done wrong? So how do you how do you keep your numbers up, so to speak? Because it's a numbers game in a way. Of course. So honestly, for us, the biggest thing is just people reposting our work. Uh-huh. Um, and so I've always felt like, it's quality over quantity. I don't post multiple times a day. I just really post. I try to post quality. And one thing that's really important to what I do, it, and from the beginning, was that I kind of recognized how important a brand was. You know, the brand mm-hmm. of Alyssa Capito Interiors or your personality on Instagram. Um, and so we've kind of kept to our personality on Instagram. And obviously, it's evolved over the years. But it's something that it influences what we take on as collaborations and stuff like that. And I kind of want somebody to know that my image is Alyssa Capito Interiors without saying anything. Like when you see it in your feed, you should automatically know. And I'm sure all of you guys have seen, you know, Instagram posts of Instagrams that you follow that like, you know, it's them before you even read the content. That to me is a really strong Instagram account because people can recognize it. It has its own voice just in an image. But as for hashtags, we really don't we really don't hashtag that. That's fascinating. There's definitely a way to grow without hashtags and I completely applaud you, Alyssa, but from a, a business side also, just from what we're looking at on the analytics side, they also they don't hurt and I always recommend them, especially for when you're starting out on Instagram, just because when we look at the numbers, we can see that half of our you know, 100,000 impressions coming from each post are coming from hashtags. And that's how a lot of people find us. And I think that's how a lot of people are finding Kara as well. And and her work are searching through these hashtags. And so it really has doubled 
the size of our reach on Instagram and does really help in that department. So I think if you're starting out, it is a really great tool to use to make sure that your your work and your posts are being seen by multiple people. And, and Alyssa, you're right. There are so many other things you can do. Hashtags is just one very small part of it. Right. Well, I guess it's also a question of who you want to reach because, mm-hmm. you know, numbers are great, but, as you know, both of you designers are on the high end here. So you want to attract a very sophisticated audience, as does Cherish, right. but Cherish wants a broader audience as right. well. Because That's a very right. good point, and I think it actually is one of the reasons why we, we don't hashtag. We're still a boutique firm, right. and we only have, right. you know, X amount of spots. And, you know, Instagram is an incredible business tool. We get almost all of our clients through Instagram, it's and amazing. there's serious I remember, projects. I know. I was shocked the first time a designer told me that they'd mm-hmm. gotten a client yeah. from Instagram, and they're not small clients yeah. either. No, no, we've had huge right. clients through right. Instagram. Yeah. Right, and I think in that sense, Instagram really has replaced shelter magazines in that sense. I'm yeah. not that there's still good ones out there and whatever, yeah. and I love them, but I think the immediacy is really profound. It's mm-hmm. a, it's an amazing tool. There's so much work out there and it yeah. varies across totally. the board. But and there's an audience for each exactly. of us. That's what's so great about, especially this recording even, mm-hmm. is that you see that there's a lot of different ways to do things. I right. think people are looking for the way to grow right. your following. Right. And there are ways. There's more than one way to do it. Yeah, well, I know you can go by, by followers. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. if you used to be able to do that. I mean, but to what end? I yeah. don't, I've never understood that. But well, I think that you can tell the people who do that. Yeah. Um, we've always been obviously very against mm-hmm. doing that, but it's it's been a long time. I mean, I, I don't think you should expect to go from zero to one hundred and sixty thousand in in like right. you know a month, a month, <laughs> even a year. It yeah. takes right. a long time yeah. right. to build a following, and I I do think that you know that expectation you see like these accounts that have a million followers. It takes a long even right. those accounts. It took a really long yeah. time to build those followings. Right. right. Yeah, and to your point, Alyssa, there's there's so much more that matters than following. I mean, you're getting business from it. That's what matters at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if right. you have 1,000 yeah. followers or 100,000 followers. Your goal exactly. might be just getting projects, and that's amazing. And one more point on that, which is something that I that always comes up for me, is that my business is not Instagram. You know, my right. business is an interior designer, and Instagram is an amazing addendum to that job. But in terms of, like, taking on collaborations, everything comes down to, is this the taste that I have right. in my in right. my firm? right for you? Exactly. It's not like, you know, I think a lot of influencers are taking on. It's the way they are actually making money. So each collaboration yeah. they get is necessary, too. I agree with you. I think the same thing. You have to make sure it aligns with you and your brand. Exactly. And, you know, not just taking everything on, being super selective and making the right moves. Mm-hmm. We say no all the time. Yeah. Right. So do I. To clients, too. That <laughs> oh, I- <laughs> well, that's good yes. that you're in a position to say no. I yes. always say that's yes. a, def- class problem. <laughs> it's a definition of success is when you can say no. But it is like Instagram is also the tool. It's part of how you do your work, but it also can be a huge time suck. So my question to you is, in terms of your business, day-to-day business, and Skylar, you do this all day long. This is your job. But if you're a designer, you're hopefully spending some hours a day working on design. Yes. So how many hours are left for you to work on your photography, mm-hmm. to work on your uh, feed, to make sure everything's right? Do you use those tools that release the um, posts at certain hours? I mean, how does that work in your day-to-day with your staff and That's your a great team? Question. Yeah. 
How do you fit it in? Because, I mean, I know every designer I know is so busy, they say they don't even have time to go to the no, showrooms. It, yes, it's true. Well, for me personally, so I kind of have this set kind of schedule. So I post once a day, and I do kind of have this set thing where I post inspiration of space that inspires me, and I also like supporting other designers in the field. And I post my work, and then I post some sort of product. So that's kind of my So you do that sequentially. I do, constantly. Mm -hmm. I don't know where it came from, but that's my (laughs) pattern that, you know, it looks pretty to me. So I'm constantly, for clients, researching, right? So I'm like, Pinterest, it's not outdated. I use it daily. I wanted to bring that up, Pinterest, yes. yes. Because Um, that's a different tool. Yes. Yeah. And I am still a huge fan of Pinterest. I use it all the time to communicate with clients. I save boards. You can now have folders within boards. Um, and I'm constantly looking, and you just go down this wormhole of, you know, finding things. And I have my Instagram folder that's probably has more photos than any other folder <laughs> in Pinterest. <laughs> but, you know, it just kind of happens organically where I find my inspo, my photos. And I have them all kind of tagged up and ready to go when I do have some spare time. I do all the posting myself. No one ever posts for me. Mm-hmm. It's all genuinely, you know, my look, my feel my ideas and I have a set schedule so I have two little boys that wake up very early <laughs> so I'm up at like 6 6 30 and I you know go on I also it's a lot about supporting other people too right. so right you know so I had and I fo- genuinely like and follow a bunch of people so Which it's is, this- it's a nice thing about Instagram yes. is a community in a it way is. It you, definitely you, you is. respond and people make comments and it, you 100% know. and I have like you know a set it's turned into a bigger group than right. a while back but you know I do that first kind of supporting everybody commenting liking doing everything and then I have a set time usually between 7 and 8 a.m. is when I post and then Kind of throughout the day, you know, I will check on a little and, you know, go through and comment and be interactive. And then at night, you know, before I go to sleep, it's what I do before I go to sleep (laughs) of, you know, just staying on top of things. And, you know, I get a lot of DMs and all these things and following up on stuff. But that's kind of my schedule, my routine every day. And what about you, Alyssa? Is it similar? It's a little different. We really mostly post original content. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's more quality over quantity. I don't post every day. Mm-hmm. I do use it tremendously as a tool myself in terms of researching and saving things. So that that new saving thing that came out, you know, like about a year ago has completely changed. It's a little bit for me taken over Pinterest because mm-hmm. I save so much on Instagram. And it's, it's like more in real time, I yeah. feel like. And you can save it so easily. So that's a huge tool. And then at work, the girls at work all have – we all have like a joint group that <laughs> we basically – Like a dump pile? Oh, yeah. Where we like – we. <laughs> We basically Instagram each other pictures of things for different clients. And, like, it's like a text message group. Yes. But it's incorporated into Instagram. It's a great tool in terms of running a business. Yeah, I do that with clients, too. Like, they send me, you know, message me and back and forth photos, like, inspo. And, And yeah, it's amazing. It's even, like, something gets posted on Jack Lacoste's, you know, Instagram. And I'm like— Find out how much this coffee table is or right. Right. put this on hold. <laughs> right. or, right. Right. You know, it's it's so in real time and 
it, it's right. it's great. And when you're communicating with your clients, do you use Pinterest as well? I do. You do, Carol. I do, do yeah. You, you... So we do this like personality test with all of our clients. <laughs> <laughs> on Pinterest. We give them like a Pinterest personality test. I think because I speak pictures, you know, yeah. like if they pin enough pictures, I know what they want. It's like it takes out so much legwork oh, yeah, on my totally. end. So Pinterest is an amazing tool, though I am using it less and less mm. um, just because Instagram is so mm-hmm. convenient, right. I guess. Well, things are evolving. I mean, you know, Twitter was so hot now, unless you're the president. I never got into mm-hmm. Twitter. Mm-hmm. I are, well, you know. Instagram and Pinterest are, are really visual platforms. Yeah, yeah. Which exactly. Is it's a what more exciting for us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Twitter makes sense for politics and mm-hmm. social things yeah. and all of that. But yeah. I think in our we're such a visual field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Although hopefully that doesn't exclude podcasts. No. I'm actually very into podcasts and audible books and all sorts of things. Yeah. Hi, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying the Cherish podcast. My name is Anna Brockway, and I'm the co-founder and president of Cherish, and I'm just going to take a quick second to give you the inside scoop on our Cherish trade program. Professional designers are invited to join our program to access really great benefits like net pricing and a special trade-only customer service team. And new this year, we're introducing a loyalty program where designers earn $75 in cash for every $5,000 they spend on Cherish. We hope you'll join us. You can do so by visiting cherish.com backslash trade. That's C-H-A-I-R-I-S-H dot com backslash trade. Now back to the show. Now, I want to ask you in terms of social, the social side of social media. And Skylar, I want you to weigh in on this, too. Because like you were saying, it's part of your daily routine, which mm-hmm. is fascinating. I remember the first time I really discovered Instagram, I just started. We did a panel at El Decor about six years ago, and it was for the Italian advertisers who were in town. I think it was for ICFF. And they had no idea what Instagram was. So we had <laughs> several young designers, and every single one of them agreed that the first thing they did in the morning was check their Instagram feed. The mm. first thing before coffee— I guess yeah. it has replaced the yeah. cigarette, you know, right. the morning cigarette. <laughs> yeah. I now do it's that. morning Instagram. You do it every morning, It's only right? because I have also a really young daughter. I right. wake up at 5.30 and oh she's up at 6. And yeah. it's like my half hour that I could just <laughs> right. like zone out and okay. just okay. check my Instagram. Okay. Um, and Skylar, what about you? Because you're doing it all day. Do you have a personal side? Do you Do you do. use <laughs> any social media for pleasure? I do. Um, I have a personal account that I enjoy using and... I'm always logged into all of our accounts at once, and I definitely Mm -hmm. check everything as soon as my eyes open in the morning. Um, I have comments and messages turned on for all of our brand accounts in case there's any kind of customer service inquiry or anything like that. I can answer that immediately, and I like to take care of it as soon as I wake up rather than wait until I get to the office a few hours later. But we spend a lot of time answering messages and and responding to comments. And luckily, I have um, help on my team so that I have um, a little bit of extra time in my schedule to do some other things and, and schedule and curate content. But we do spend a lot of time interacting with our audience because it is so important. And that's also how uh, we find a lot of images that we're going to source as well. But to the point of spending a lot of time on Instagram and, and how much time it takes up in your day, the most helpful thing and something I recommend all the time is being able to schedule your content, especially for someone like Kara. When you're planning out, you know exactly what your feed's going to look like and you have a set schedule of you know what you're posting each day or what order it's going into. 
scheduling your content can just save you so much time. We schedule every two weeks, so we're looking at two weeks at a time, planning out content in advance, writing all of our captions, gathering all of our images, and then scheduling everything. And you can use free platforms for this. Uh, Later.com is a great one rather than having to pay for something, and it saves so much time so that we can be done with scheduling and, and do that in bulk and then spend so much more time doing the engagement and actually interacting with our followers. Oh, that's a great advice, yeah. For, yeah. especially a small design firm. There is a nice element, though, and I think brands are very different than like something that's a little bit more personal. I think you know Cherish is a very different Instagram account than, let's say, a designer. And I think oh, totally. There is be. a nice part of that, like, in the moment feeling where you're like, you wake up and you're writing a post right there and it feels a little bit more connected to an individual person out there who's like, I don't know, in a way you feel like you know them. Um, But I do think Cherish is very different in terms of- Well, it's it's sort of the difference between a a personal, uh, somebody you know, Yes. And which is what you want to have that kind of intimacy versus somebody that you like an artisan exactly. you work with and maybe you love the work or whatever or you know somebody that you shop with or somebody like that. So I think it's different. Of course that raises the question because I do think for for both of your firms your feed like you were saying Alyssa is it's it's signature. It's really who mm-hmm. you are. So do you ever Delegate it to somebody else, Kara. Do you have somebody on your Sometimes, team? Sometimes, you know, I've I've had people recently help with engagement. Mm-hmm. You know, so going on and engaging because that's a big part of growing, right? Where you find accounts through hashtags or whatnot. And sometimes my girls will go and things that actually inspire them going through, but like, you know, a few photos in a row and comment, and then you gain a follower doing that. They're like, oh, this person likes my work. And, you know, they see that I have a big following and they kind of jump on. So you but cultivate them in a way. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes yeah. we do. You want to know them better. Like, you know, that's we a- want to grow and right. we want people to know our brand and who we are and what we're doing. And we are going into... um I'm doing a bunch of furniture design and jewelry design, all these different things that I'm going to be selling soon. Right. So kind of growing an audience for that and starting an online publication and doing all these other things kind of inspired by, you know, social media and the following. But um, also I wanted to make a, a point too that I recently, a friend of mine who's a big influencer, just went to this big talk at Instagram, and they said that the biggest thing right now for Instagram is stories. That mm-hmm. and yes, well, Skylar, you were mentioning Skylar, that. like you were saying. I think people really want to see like what you do. Not only like the design process, they want to see. Like I get so much engagement when I post my kids and. My son, Lennon, who's four, he has, he's like, <laughs> he wakes up and he has the craziest dreams. So I've been like posting his crazy wild dreams <laughs> and people like go crazy. And I see my, you know, I have so many more people looking and commenting that that's, you know, they love seeing the per- my personal life and my kids and all these other things and going into some beauty products now that I'm trying and all this stuff, you know, my day-to-day kind of life, which it's hard because I don't don't really have so much time to right. give it that much attention but 
he said that the biggest thing moving forward is people really want to see from like the minute you wake up until the minute you're going to sleep, they want to see what you're doing in your life. <laughs> and, some, and it's it's it, exposing yourself. It's exposing yourself. And, and that's an interesting thing because somebody else who knows Instagram well said the more stories you do, the higher your engagement yep. gets and the higher up your thing goes. But again, it's exposing yourself. I remember even... Last year, we bought a new house in Connecticut, and my husband was like, don't post any pictures of the house. And I said, well, I, people want to know. <laughs> right. And, and well, then Michael, there, but, we want to know about yeah. your house, for yeah. sure. Yeah, but, I know. But it's like, <laughs> well, it's not that fancy. It's just a little. <laughs> but, but you know, this is the thing. And then, like, it's kind of weird. And then I said, and now people tell me, oh, I'm obsessed with your house. Mm-hmm. I love seeing your house, what the process is, how you're doing it. But it it made me a little queasy, quite yeah. frankly. And and I'd love to know your take on this, Alyssa. So because- I, I actually <laughs> think this conversation is so great because we actually, we both, I guess, have successful Instagram accounts and we do things very, very differently. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't post anything, anything personal. personal. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. My private life is remains private. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, and do you have a private account? That you, nope. Nope. I'm not on social media. Okay. I'm very private in mm-hmm. terms of my actual life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think most people even know I have kids or I'm married or anything about me other than my interiors. I think, you know, there are different accounts for different things. I think that people want to go to Kara's account sometimes to see her son um, and they want to go to my account to see the projects that I'm working on. And I think that figuring out what your niche is and making that your thing is really important. I think being all over the place is a bad idea. So Mm. like if your decision is to sometimes post personal stuff and then other times keep it really professional, that's kind of like not here, not there. But that would explain why my account is going down. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that if you're consistently doing something that people can expect when they go to your page, then I think that it's you're creating that brand that I think that people – have different flavors that they kind of I think want. also consistency, yes. like the key yes. word is consistency across the board, right. whether it's like the look or, you know, you're posting daily so people expect it because mm-hmm. when you stop, if someone stops posting, then you lose, you know, no one's looking because they're like, oh, she, she stopped posting two weeks ago or a mm-hmm. month ago. It's everything is very, has to stay right. consistent from what right. I've seen. Right. With uh, Instagram in well, particular. Well, I guess in a way, your Instagram is a reflection of a, your personality or mm-hmm. an aspect yes. of your personality. 100%. And you, you like this person. You're not so – you don't so much like that person. Yeah. And, Skylar, how does that translate into a brand? Do you, do you see, like, Cherish as having a personality? I do, but I'm curious how you see it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you see it. We definitely – it's something that I think we could do a lot more with, but it's tricky not having, you know, just one face behind the account. And, and like Kara said, being able right. to show, you know, what makeup she's wearing or things like that. And when it is a, right. a brand, it makes things a little bit more difficult. So we show our personality in a different way. And we do that through the different collections and trends and stories that we're telling on a regular basis. And that's really where our design personality comes through. But it also comes through in the consistency of our account. And you, when you come to our account, you know what you're getting. I am so, so strict on what images I allow on our feed and what images I allow on stories and what stories we're actually going to tell because I want to make sure that that personality level is at the same place every time. So we're super strict and we're only going to show images that actually really portray the cherished look and feel, which is why you get, like Alyssa was saying, you know what you're getting when you come to our account. It all looks Mm -hmm. 
like the Cherish brand and you get a really good sense of who we are and, and what we're talking about and the design trends that we see. And that's really where our personality shines through. Right. I definitely don't think Instagram is going away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. It is very pertinent to our industry and very image forward. It's definitely changing and there are new things and there's something just about new every day, it seems, that you can really use to your advantage in different things. But I I don't think it's going to go away entirely. That being said, I always caution everyone with, if it does disappear, what's your plan B? You know, where is that marketing going to come from? What else Mm -hmm. are you doing? Do you have a website? Do you have an email newsletter or some other way that you can get in touch with your fans? An email newsletter is a great thing to have or just to have people's email addresses that if you needed to message them on another platform, how would you do that? And then looking at TikTok, I mean, this is something I get asked all the time. And is it, you know, are we going to pivot to TikTok? Personally, I don't love it. It is a lot of just kind of humor and jokes and dancing and not relevant to our industry. But there are a lot of things to be learned from TikTok. And one of the reasons it's taking off and so popular is because it's video. So if you're looking at TikTok and saying, you know, maybe that platform is not right for me, but what can I learn from it? It might be that you want to do more videos on your Instagram. Maybe it's time to do more Instagram Mm -hmm. TV or do Instagram lives where you can connect with your audience through video rather than just still imagery. And that's something that we're definitely going to see continue to increase and change a lot more is that this need and want for video is just going to get greater and greater. Yes, yeah, so everybody says it's video. Already there. Yeah, yeah, it's already it there. TikTok, TikTok, I think also, because there's been a lot of talk about TikTok, you know, mm-hmm. through other influencers and people <laughs> that I've been kind of chatting with. And I think that that's like the younger generations mm-hmm. are very into that right yes. now. And everyone's like, get on it. And I've seen people in our industry making videos of projects that they're working on, house tours, and Mm -hmm. making it a TikTok video, which Hmm. I don't have the time or the want (laughs) to do that. But I suppose that that eight-year-old girl now who's making TikTok videos, 40 years from now, she'll be buying a coffee table. Right, exactly. Well, that's actually a really good point. It's who's your audience, Um, you know, because... Eight-year-olds don't make the best clients. <laughs> so we kind of want to stay away from that, yeah. that demographic. The budget is low. Exactly. Five dollars. Right. 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 Exactly. But it brings up something else I want to ask you about, which is, and, and both of you are influencers, whatever that means, but does the idea of influencers and the sort of the commercialization of Instagram, I remember when I did that same panel I was telling you about, they had just started putting ads on Instagram. And I said to all the designers, who are, you know, young mm-hmm. and used to grown up with Instagram, does it bother you to have ads on there? And every single one, just as I said, that was the first thing they looked at in the morning. Not one of them was phased by the fact that there were essentially commercials yeah. on Instagram. But And then, of course, the influencer thing became commercialized in a way. First, you had a big following, and then you would be paid by Chanel or paid by I don't know who to, you know, show the product or yeah. carry the bag or I don't know if it's use the piece of furniture and design a room. I don't think that's happened. But it's no longer the pure kind of person-to-person communication or put it out in the world and see who responds. It, it seems more calculated now and more commercialized. So does that going to have a bad effect or is that just our modern world? I, I think both. The answer to that I is agree. kind of... <laughs> Both. Oh, both. Um, so I agree think, on something. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 Ye
I think that it bothers some people, but it's also something that one, it works. Mm-hmm. So I don't think any, right. any it's going to stop anytime right. soon. But also it's something, you know, Instagram has to make money as a platform in order to grow and exist. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, yeah, you kind of accept it as – the only thing that's creepy is when they give you an ad. Like, for instance, your wedding dress right. <laughs> situation where, like, sometimes – you know, you'll be talking on the phone to your sister about <laughs> something you saw, and all of a sudden you have an ad, and you're like, "Yeah, that's really creepy." And so, those ads, you know, oh my god, that it's, type of yeah. that type of thing is creepy, and I wish they would stop doing that. Yeah, but it doesn't bother me that yeah. much, especially because you can actually scroll past it pretty fast right. if yeah. you're not interested. Right. It's not like a TV commercial, yeah, where you're like, stuck. Yeah. Um. So they do a pretty good job at that. But what about the influencer where you don't know if somebody's been. Where hey, if it's genuine or not. Yeah. Well, I think it's more pro- probably an issue with fashion and beauty than well, in design. Now, but. now, like, there's regulations with partnerships right. where you have to actually know right. it and say whether it's an ad or partnership. Mm-hmm. I would say a lot of the influencers that I follow are pretty genuine and upfront about mm-hmm. things. That so as long posting. as they're upfront, you're fine. Yeah, and the same thing, you know, if I'm representing a brand or partnering with someone or gifted something and I'm sharing it, it's always genuine. And I always make that like super clear. I turn down people are like, we want to send you a rug. And I mm-hmm. go on their website and yeah, I'm we like, just actually said that. I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> right, I, right. I can't find one rug yeah. you know, yeah, to be yeah, gifted, right. to even give right, to somebody, right, you know? Right, right. And I'll say absolutely not. Like this right. does not mm-hmm. align with right. who I am, what I do. You know, I definitely am just like, no, this is not for me. And thank you very much, you know, bye-bye. Mm-hmm. But um I really do only work for myself mm-hmm. and partner with very genuine right. aligning right. companies, brands, products right. that I either stand behind or really right. – I, I like it to be very genuine right. for right. sure. It's very important. And Skylar, how about in terms of you being – you know, Cherish being a brand. Not, you're not a brand. You're a wonderful woman. But you know, <laughs> Cherish being a brand – how does the influencer thing, is that something you grapple with? Is it something you think about? Yeah, it's tricky uh, because with Cherish, obviously, and, and selling vintage and, and one-of-a-kind items, for us, it's really hard to give an item to someone and say, hey, can you promote right. this? Because if they do, right. then they have the only one that exists. So we can't say right. to their followers, right. oh, you can right. buy this on Cherish.com, which makes right. it really tricky. It's not tricky. like a Chanel lipstick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's a lot different. It's, you know, <laughs> very different from clothing or beauty or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We've been really lucky with Cherish to have a lot of just organic shout-outs from really great people. A few years ago, Drew Barrymore tagged us on Instagram, and we had got 4,000 followers in less than 24 hours. And stuff like, like that, that is really awesome. Wow. And that goes back to yeah. just having a really strong, consistent brand and, and having different goals than just – working with influencers or trying to get different sponsorships or anything like that. But because it's so tricky and kind of a weird space to be in um, when it comes to influencers, when we do want to work with people, um, we just find different ways to do that. So it might be we feature them in a blog post or we share their imagery on our feeds, you know, as something we're inspired by or get them to do an Instagram takeover or something like that, where it still helps build that relationship between a brand and a fan or, or person. Um, who we want to work with and, and have good terms with. But it's just a different way to do it. And so we're not necessarily paying for these things. And it's we've been really lucky to have all these organic shout-outs um, and just organic love from our fans. And so it's something I think about all the time. And 
almost wish we could do a lot more with, but I'm really proud of what we've been able to do without having to worry about um, setting aside so much of our budget just for paid sponsorships or anything like that. Right. Right. You know, it's also, I think it's so interesting because you guys are a brand, you know, and Mm -hmm. selling product, but um, being on the other side of it, being this so so called influencer i'm by i'm purchasing a house we're actually closing on monday congratulations thank you yes. and we're doing a big gut renovation and you know there's always constantly people reaching out how could we place product with you and this and that so this is the perfect opportunity yeah now you and need the product now right? you need the product so <laughs> you know in. and i have some amazing partners you know exclusive partners mm-hmm. who are going to be gifting a major product to my project And it's so interesting and, you know, my marketing team and it really is such a new marketing platform. Yeah, it's all that just evolved in it's a couple all, of years. But there's not like a set template of like, this is the contract and this is, you know, it's kind of making it up. Like, so putting together a deliverables package for people and customizing what's happening. And it's so interesting for like Cherish, like you said, it's been very organic, but you sometimes work with the influencers and whatnot. But how these deals are all put together and it's such, um, it's actually such a creative way of marketing now because right. you're you're creating it almost as you go and kind of experimenting and playing with what you're giving, what you're receiving, what you could do, how can you expand it further. Right. Um, well, so, I think yeah. this, and this is a big problem for print media because it used to be the budget that a brand would allot to right. buying ads. They're now right. doing it more organically mm-hmm. or I don't know, authentically is the right word, but it, it's it's more immediate and it's it's more widespread at a much less cost for yeah. them than to take one page and right. architectural You're digest. Products yeah. right. with people who have who are really you know, using it yeah. and, and it's so immediate. And I think this is you know, it's just the world has changed. It has. It's very and it's still changing. It's evolving because yeah. I know somebody's like you know, we'll give you this product if you do two stories. And, right. one product, you know, it's like nobody knows what works. Right. I guess they're finding out as they go along. And what it's but, worth and right, what it's, right. you know, all these different things. A, right. Well, the people who are collaborating are also really navigating that. Like we've been we've right. been asked to do collaborations where they don't have the contract in place yet. And like they're mm-hmm. not really like a, a lawyer isn't actually writing it. <laughs> right. And we've gotten contracts where I come from like a family of lawyers where it's like, what? I'm not even a lawyer. I look at this. I'm like, this is not, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, so you have to just be careful with what you're signing. Yeah. I think. And also making sure you can deliver what they're asking you to deliver. And also knowing like what other people are doing. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's very confusing for people. I'm part of a design share actually where a lot of interior designers get together and we just like talk about stuff. <laughs> it's like a therapy session. <laughs> and somebody recently sent around a question like if somebody wants to do a collaboration, how much should they be paying you for a post? And it was actually a really good question because mm-hmm. there's no no, People don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's no standard. It's it's different for everyone and every brand. No, People don't know. There's, and so, there's no union. There's no, right, there's there no union for it's collaboration. Yeah. yeah, but it's but it's a real industry. And so yeah. I think it's a, it's pretty confusing for a lot of people. Skylar, do you have the answer? Yes. <laughs> you're, from, you're on the other side. Us. So what's happening over there? <laughs> what what are the rates? <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's definitely not exact. It's different, you know, for everyone, every everything you're asking for, every brand and, and everyone is something different. My biggest recommendation is just one, don't hesitate to reach out to a brand. We 
uh, have a lot of partnerships grown out of direct messages. So people who just message us and say, hey, I bought a house. I want to work with you guys. This is what I can offer you. We're happy to have those conversations. And I love when people do that. But just always have a contract. That's the biggest thing. Whether you're getting paid $10 or $10,000, always have a contract in place. And like you said, just be super, super clear about what's being asked of you and, and what you're going to deliver in the end. But there is no exact science to all of this. Just make sure you're disclosing everything per the guidelines of the FTC. And if a product is given, if there's any kind of exchange of goods, you have to disclose that. So just do that. Uh, have a contract and and everything else will be fine. It's a very nebulous world. It's, it's kind of fascinating how it's evolved and changed. Mm-hmm. One of the things I want to ask you, Skylar, I want to ask all three of you is like, what would be your best advice to, say, a young designer starting out with their firm in terms of Instagram? Because one of the things I do know is to be an influencer, you don't necessarily need a huge number of followers, even though my guests all have a huge <laughs> number of followers, I'm happy to say. But like I've, somebody told me a story once about Hermes that they were launching a new product for their classic equestrian line, and they were looking for micro-influencers, hmm. and they wanted somebody who knew that world of, you know, very high-end horsemanship and dressage and all of that. And they only wanted somebody who had fewer than 3,500 followers. Oh, my God. Because that's how rarefied a world. But that's what the product was for. So it's not like numbers per se exclude you. But, but Skylar, let's start with you. What is your best advice in terms of social media? I thought your point about the e-newsletters was great and having a backup for Instagram. But what are some of the tips you would give a young designer? Yeah, the biggest thing is that brands and really whomever you're working with even Kara I would I would put into this category is you're you need content you're looking for content to share us as Cherish, we're constantly looking for different designs and, and photos to share on our feed. But like I said earlier, I'm, I'm very strict about what I'm looking for. So when I'm looking at images, I don't care how many followers you have. I don't care if you're really small or you're really big. I'm looking for good content. My biggest tip for anyone is to be super, super strict about the photos that you're taking and be really intentional about the photos, making sure that they are straight on, well lit, good angles. And the biggest thing I've noticed and picked up on is that vertical imagery outperforms square and horizontal constantly. Oh, fascinating. So use vertical imagery. A four or five crop is the best thing you can do. That's what I'm looking for if I'm looking for images to share on the Cherish feed. I agree. And I always use the rule of thumb. I want to be able to see either the ceiling and or the floor to really make sure that the image is framed nicely. On Instagram, most of the time I want to see a pulled back image of the whole room or most of the room rather than a vignette. Obviously, it's different depending on who you are and what you're sharing. That's just what our audience has become accustomed to and and prefers. But when I'm out there looking at imagery, I'm looking for something very specific. So if you're small and just starting out, the best thing you can do for yourself is to prioritize your imagery, whether it's professionally shot or just done on your iPhone, either one works. But make sure it's the best imagery that it can be, and that's really how you're going to start to get shared, and more and more people will find your content, and brands like Cherish are going to repost you and get your name out there if you've got really, really strong content. Right. Kara, what would you say in addition to that? I think definitely content. You know, I people pop up into my feed as well, and they could have, let's say, 3,000 followers, right? 
And I go on. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, this is Mm -hmm. great content. And I could find content from their little account, from my big account, you know, and help kind of – I always tag up and give credit to Mm -hmm. whoever. So, you know, definitely having incredible content, original content, I would say is definitely, you know, super important. Um, The other thing that I see, too, is I think sharing – content of bigger designers for people who are smaller looking to kind of branch out and get noticed like reposting you mean or reposting also stories like Mm -hmm. you know there are a couple of other designers and we kind of like do a thing where we do like sunday shares of each other of our work to like kind of help each other so we'll post each other's work on sundays and kind of support each other. And then I see random people kind of jumping on, like, <sighs> oh, they're sharing, whatever. So, you know, these smaller accounts share me, and I will repost it and mm-hmm. say, like, thank you so much. And then they're being seen by my larger audience. So, you know, it's it's definitely engagement. It's photos. You know, I'm someone who doesn't just post my work. I'm looking for amazing right, content. Right. So whether You want to celebrate what's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Find, right. So it could be a small person mm-hmm. and I think maybe some people get scared away like oh like they have such a big following they won't you know notice me and people are shocked when mm-hmm. I will write back or repost or <laughs> do you're whatever. you're a star. No but it's <laughs> but you know I, <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm a star at all but it doesn't matter who you are where you are whatever it is it's beautiful it's amazing content and I will share and um I don't know. I think those are my biggest tips and engagement, you know? Okay. An editor that I know told me that everything that he posts, he puts a particular filter on so that it will look immediately Mm -hmm. like his. I hate filters. Okay. I never use a filter, so I I don't know. uh, Maybe on a story I will, but never on my actual posts. So we don't use filters either, but I think that goes back to what we were talking about before where – you kind of want to recognize somebody's... Yeah, I guess this was his signature. Yeah, it's to use si- the, uh, that. Yeah, whatever imagery should a little bit have your signature. And yeah, it might be a filter that he applied like professionally, like right. not the Instagram filters. Right. It might be right. something that he right. did through Photoshop. Right. But yeah, I think... Right, right. But it's it, good, but, it's good. But determining, <laughs> you know, we all have handwriting, but some signatures are better yeah. than others, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. Pretty. So how do you go about making sure that everything is up to your standards? Do you... How do you shoot stuff, Alyssa? Do you have a photographer? Oh, do absolutely. It? So, so it actually, so when that evolved, right. because when good because I'm all those photographers who used to shoot for the magazines now I don't have to work. So I hopefully I you guys. Oh are no, no, no. We we right now mostly all of our images are shot mm-hmm. with photographers. But if I wasn't an interior designer, I would probably be a photographer myself. Mm-hmm. It's something I always loved, and I've yes. always a lot um, of designers are great photographers. Yes, you know. So well, you kind of just you see a Not room all. in images, <laughs> and that's sort of actually how I design. I I kind of design mm-hmm. through the way I would it see it through a lens. Right. Yeah, it's actually very important to the way I design. But when I started out, I was taking all the pictures, and so you know I was able to control that voice. But the pictures were always really good. And mm-hmm. then you know as we grew and the projects got more serious and they were being published. Then, um, you know, we were paying photographers. Mm -hmm. And I don't only think getting your work photographed by a professional is something that's really important for Instagram. I also think it's really important to do that for your own portfolio and and your website, the ability to do a book um, and own those images are something that's really important to me personally. 
And and so right now all of our images are professionally shot right. and the credit is always right. there with the photographers right. who we use. Right. But uh, I think that good images are, it, it's images. Like right. that's all yeah. you have. Right. That's all you have right. to show your work. Right. I mean, the, right. actually that's not true. There's what you write and sort of the content. And there's plenty right. of Instagram accounts that I follow, not for the images, but for- The information yeah, and the, the voice. The information, the voice of the person, you know, the dialogue. Some people are really funny and I think that's great. Um, but my personal account is clearly very much about images <laughs> right. and very much about quality. Right. And it's one of the reasons why I don't post as much as, mm -hmm. you know, maybe the next person. But I think we maintain a standard right. that's really important to right. me. And it's authentic. It's authentically It's totally your, authentic, yeah, and yeah. it's all original content, which right. is why I think it right. brings people back. They, right. you know, if you're looking for new images to share in your own account, our account is providing new content right. for the Instagram community type of thing. Right. Right. So. right. As far as images, so I actually split up. I do some professional shot. I actually do take a lot of the photos. My husband is in marketing and advertising, super talented, and he does some retouching and like fixes the lighting and oh, does wow. it. So he oh. makes everything. I could take a picture. Good marriage, like, Kara. And it, yeah, he's like, <laughs> I don't know what I would do without him, but he really could take like any image and any kind of lighting and turn it like into the perfect photo that looks like it was professionally shot. And I Fantastic. also would say I'm I'm pretty good with a camera, right? And it's something that I love photography. And I, you know, anytime I do a shoot with a photographer, I'm always right. showing every angle that I mm -hmm. want. And the same thing, I'm very visual and right. see the shots. And um, right. so yeah, so it's and mix. I think most designers are going to have some visual sense. They may not be great photographers, but mm -hmm. and I don't want to leave the impression for somebody who's starting out that they have to immediately hire a professional photographer. No, I mean, you could definitely well, do it on I would own. say, yeah. you know, look at photography. You know, right. go to magazines, see how they, or go to Instagram, right. see how things are <laughs> right. shot. Or books. There's still books. There's yeah. still books, which <laughs> I love. I, I love books more than paper. Um, <laughs> one really quick photo tip, too. I mean, obviously, hiring professionals is very important. And like you said, you want to think about where else you're using those photos, whether it be your portfolio or a book. Um, and then if you can shoot for social, great. But if you need to crop photos, that's fine, too. Something that I think not a lot of people know is that Photoshop has a free mobile app. So you can kind of sneak your way into having that really professional editing with maybe not necessarily I needing to that. pay for it. And you can make your images look incredibly stunning for mobile just by using the free app and taking those shots that were done for your portfolio or your website and then transfer them for social. That's fantastic information, Skylar. Yeah. I did not know that. One thing I think that's also great is that there's a lot of Instagram photographers out there who are really inexpensive, mm -hmm. you know, don't only be scared by the crazy prices that are mm -hmm. magazine photographers. They're very talented. But I think if you're an interior designer yourself, you should have a point of view and you should be able to set up the shot yourself and then work with an inexpensive photographer to just help you execute it. But there's a lot you can do on your own without knowing even how to work a camera, just collaborating with somebody who does right. and sort of, you know, making sure that you've set up the shot the way you want to take it. Like Kara said, she sets up all of her shots. I do that too, even working with right. photographers who are right. very established. Right. So. And and most Instagram accounts 
we'll put the photographer's credit on there, the little of camera. Yeah, yeah, so you can look yeah, at, do that. if you find somebody Definitely. whose work you like consistently through different, that's maybe worth reaching out to that photographer, yep. you know, so that's good, good advice. Is there anything else that you would advise someone? I think I would say is just to, to make sure that you're giving your audience something. I, you know, do account audits all the time for a variety of different industries. And one of the things I always look at is, well, what's your goal and what are you offering to your audience? And a lot of the times I found that some people maybe don't just aren't very clear on what they're offering. And so as a designer, make sure you're showing off your work. I've seen a variety of different Instagram profiles of designers, and they maybe have one out of every 200 photos that's an actual interior that they completed. So make sure you're showing yourself off and showing off what you're able to offer to your audience so that then they can say, oh, I want to hire that person. I know what I'm getting when I'm looking at their account. Yeah. I think that's important. That's very important. I think people forget. They think it's kind of obvious I'm a designer, so they can, you know, put on beautiful sunsets or whatever. But some of that is fine, but you're right. And I think that's an important point because, you know, being a designer means collaborating with your client and it's a very kind of intimate relationship. You get to know these people and you have to work together and you're dealing with money, which is always an issue. And you're dealing with taste, which is a very personal thing. So I think allowing people to have a sense of your personality through Instagram is only going to help if they reach out to you because they like their aesthetic. They're also going to have a sense of your personality. They're not going to know right. you have tantrums with your staff during yeah. every day or whatever, but they'll have a sense of who you are. And I think that social media is a very valuable thing in that way. Mm-hmm. And I do know designers who say people have reached out and hired them. Basically, as you were saying, you've all gotten yeah. clients from that just because of their Instagram. I remember. One designer said, oh, I said, you know, somebody reached out to me and said, oh, I'll send you my website and you can look at my portfolio in front. And they said, yeah. no, no, we know you're already and yeah. we want to hire you. That's all it took. The other thing, too, is I recently spoke on a panel with a bunch of other designers. And it was so interesting that one of the designers was designing um, spaces, hotels and restaurants, mm-hmm. but they weren't real. They were renders. And Oh, yes. Interesting. But, but he, a good point is he's like, you know, I want to attract this type of clientele. So right. if I'm not getting hired for it, I'm going to put it out there. It looked real. Like mm-hmm. it literally yeah, renderings looked are legit, amazing. real, amazing. And you know what? It also is a channel of putting out there. Like this is what I could do, even though if right. I haven't done it yet, this is my vision. And whether it's real or I'm putting it down in a rendering, this is my what I what he's projecting of what he wants what to he's bring capable into himself. Of. Exactly. Amazing. Which I think is also, you know, for someone starting out in the business, maybe you don't have the clients, but maybe you have the skills to do something to put out what what you would do mm-hmm. for a client. Yeah. And you know, it, it's sure. a visual thing for right. them to, you know, connect to people with. Yeah. One thing I would say is just, you know, looking at your profile, you want to optimize all of it to get the most out of it that you possibly can. And and one tip I always recommend to everyone is to make your link in bio work for you. And obviously you can only have one link there, but maybe you've got press you want to share. You want people going to your portfolio and you want them to also go to, I don't know, some article you were talking about on stories or something like that, but you don't have the swipe up feature. I cannot recommend enough using something like a link tree, which is a free service, or any other kind of link and bio optimization tool so that you can actually make your one link in bio multiple links and be able to link to all this different stuff at once so that 
you're not switching out your link to press and then taking away from people clicking over to your website or over to where you want them to go or signing up for your newsletter. Using something like that will allow you to have people go in different directions all at once while not missing out on your main message. And something like that's also going to give you insight into what people are clicking on also, which is really invaluable data um, and something that I love to see. But getting people to click over go somewhere, make that link in bio work for you and use something that's going to help you do that. Fascinating. I had no idea you could even do that, Skylar. You are a font of amazing information. I love Thank it. God we have you on here. <laughs> Thank you. Just one one last thing. Yes, Skylar. Just like there's no one best time to post, there's no one size mm-hmm. fits all for what's going to work on Instagram. Everyone is Mm -hmm. going to be different. Look at your own data. Look at your own insights. Figure out what's working for you. Don't necessarily try and copy everyone else because what works for them isn't necessarily going to work for you. And what works for you isn't necessarily going to work for everyone else. And I think this conversation is a perfect example of that. Like you said, three different people doing three very different things, but we're all doing wonderful at it. So What's working for the person next to you isn't necessarily what you want to do. It's really not a one-size-fits-all solution to growing your Instagram or your social media, whatever platform you might be on. Right. Wow. And I've learned so much today. So I want to thank you all, my guests here at the Cherish Podcast. Thank you, Kara. Thank you, Skylar. And thank you, Alyssa. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for listening to the Cherish Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend or colleague. Or even better, go to the iTunes store and post a review. We appreciate your help in spreading the word. And we would love your ideas for future episodes. Please email us at podcast at cherish.com. The Cherish Podcast is produced by Britta Muller and edited by Max Solomon of Hangar Studios in New York. Until next time.